Welcome to the audio podcast of Dwell in the Word from First Reformed Church in Edgerton, Minnesota. Bible readings and devotional commentary to help you grow in faith by dwelling in God's Holy Word. Welcome to Dwell in the Word. Today is Monday, it's October 11th, and we're going to be reading a prayer to start off from lifting up our hearts. Let us pray. Grant, Almighty God, that as we enjoy the light of the sun by day and of the moon by night, we may learn to raise our eyes higher and not be like the unbelieving who have this benefit in common with us. But may we look forward in hope of our eternal salvation. Nor let us doubt that as you set before our eyes a proof of your immovable constancy in these created things, so also secure and certain is our salvation, which is founded on the most certain truth which renders sure all things, until at length we come into that blessed kingdom that has been obtained for us by the blood of your only begotten Son. Amen. All right, today we are going to be looking at all of 1 Corinthians 14. I really labored over how to break this down. Um, There's not much devotional content in this chapter uh, to to think about. Uh, Nothing good to help you start your day or to uh, build you up during the day. Uh, We need to look at the big picture here. There's a lot of controversial stuff in here, a lot of ways to interpret it, and there's no way for us to do it justice uh, in this type of a format. And so what we're going to do is we're going to read all of 1 Corinthians 14, a lot of verses. I believe it is obviously verse 1, and it will go through verse 40. But we'll be seeing uh, the important theme that stands over all of this is the idea of order and things being done well. And so without knowing the full scope of what Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 14, we don't know exactly what was happening in the church in Corinth. We have difficulties in interpreting it this and uh, this. And so that is why as you read it, you'll see the different issues that are at play and you can understand why there are so many different views on some of these things because we don't know exactly what Paul was talking about. But That's the longest intro I've ever done on one of these videos, so let's get to it. Hear the word of the Lord. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, so that the church may be built up. Now brothers, if I come to you speaking in tongues, how will I benefit you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching? If even lifeless instruments such as the flute or the harp do not give distinct notes, How will anyone know what is played? And if the bugle gives an indistinct sound, who will get ready for battle? So with yourselves. If with your tongue you utter speech that is not intelligible, how will anyone know what is said? For you will be speaking into the air. There are doubtless many different languages in the world, and none is without meaning. But if I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker a foreigner to me. So with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, 
but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. Otherwise, if you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in the position of an outsider say amen to your thanksgiving when he does not know what you are saying? For you may be giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not being built up. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Nevertheless, in church, I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking be mature. In the law it is written, By people of strange tongues and by the lips of foreigners will I speak to this people. And even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Thus tongues are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers, while prophecy is a sign not for unbelievers, but for believers. If, therefore, the whole church comes together and all speak in tongues and outsiders or unbelievers enter, will they not say that you are out of your minds? But if all prophecy and an unbeliever or outsider enters, he, he is convicted by all, he is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed, and so, falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among them. What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. If any speak in a tongue, let there be only two or at most three, and each in turn, and let some interpret. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in church and speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others weigh what is said. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent." For you can all prophesy one by one, so that all may learn and all be encouraged, and the spirits of prophets are subject to prophets. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. As in all the churches of the saints, the women should keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission, as the law also says. If there is anything they desire to learn, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. Or was it, or was it from you that the word of God came? Or are you the only ones it has reached? If anyone thinks that he is a prophet or spiritual, he should acknowledge that the things I am writing to you are a command of the Lord. If anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. So my brothers earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. But all things should be done decently and in order. As we look at this passage, we are reminded that things in the church in Corinth aren't good. And Paul is trying to shore up some real difficulties that they are having here. Now, remember, before we got to the love chapter, he was talking about issues in the church regarding spiritual gifts. And so now Paul has set up that love is the greatest thing to have. And now he's going to try and uh, get some of this stuff lined out. Now, obviously, what we can see from here is that there were issues with disorder in worship. People were coming together, doing all kinds of things, speaking in, in tongues, other languages. They weren't able to be interpreted, and they weren't able to know what was being said. And Paul is, is trying to get some of this um, disorder sorted out. And we can see why. Because he comes down here and he says, Nevertheless, in church, I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. So Paul wants the words that are being spoken in worship and what is being done in worship to be edifying instead of just being unknown. Uh, and we have to understand that at, at this time, uh, there were a lot of people who were doing these ecstatic utterances, not just in, in the Christian church, but it also happened in, in pagan religion also. There was, there was so much disorder that was going on. 
And so Paul is trying to get people to understand, you know, even if what is being said is from God, if people can't understand it, uh, what's the point? And so we have Paul saying that it's better to prophesy. Now, it's important that we remember that while the word prophesy in the New Testament does mean being able to predict the future, this wasn't just about uh, people standing up and saying, I'm going to prophesy that, that next week Bob is going to have a kidney stone. Or, I know that's weird, but first thing that came to my mind. That wasn't the type of prophecy that necessarily was being talked about, a prediction of the future. To prophesy also means to, to say the word of the Lord, to, uh, to tell the truth of who God is. So while there may have been the people who could prophesy, I, we don't know. Um, the big point of prophecy in the New Testament is basically uh, preaching, essentially, proclaiming the word of the Lord. And if you go back to the prophets in the Old Testament... Many of you have heard me say this many times, but if you go back to the prophets of the Old Testament, there was not that much of of future predicting going on, really. It was more um, speaking out in judgment of what was going on in Israel or in Judah, right? Uh, They were proclaiming the word of the Lord. And yes, they did predict the future in many ways, but that wasn't the ultimate point of prophecy. And And the same is the case here. And so as we come through this, we see all these issues that spring up. Uh, there's problems in worship. We, he says in verse 26, What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation. It seems like things are completely scattered about. And Paul is very concerned that worship be good and in order. And so we have to remember as we come to these, these passages about what uh, should be going on in church, Verse 33 is really important. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. Paul is trying to sort out uh, these worship services. He's trying to sort out how they do church together so that there is not confusion. And that is where these comments that Paul has about women being silent in church comes from. Uh, These are controversial. We understand that. We're not going to discuss too much about that, not because we don't want to take a stand on it, but because it's just there have been so much discussion about this throughout the ages that you can't do it well in this type of a format of a short video that this, this one's going to be over 10 minutes. But for the most part, uh, this would take a lot more discussion than that. But we have to understand, regardless of what the interpretation is of this, the big point is, is that there's something going on in the churches that is causing confusion. And so Paul is trying to shore that up. He's not, he's more than likely, and it's pretty much agreed to, to uh, regardless of how people view this, that, that this isn't saying that a woman shouldn't, shouldn't even open her mouth in church. The idea here is that there was all this confusion. There was so much going on. And so Paul is taking this and saying, whatever this issue is, that's causing confusion. We need to shore this up because it's causing all kinds of issues. And we know we see this uh, down at the bottom of the chapter in verse 40. But all things should be done decently and in order. That is the goal here. Now, why would that be? Why would that be? Because Paul wants the gospel to be proclaimed. Paul wants the church to be edified and, and taught. And so in the midst of all of this stuff that is going on, whether it's, uh, you know, all these people coming in with different ideas and saying different things and not being able to understand some people. What Paul wants is things to be done decently and in order. 
And so that's the big thing that we need to come away from this passage with, that, that we need, the reason we have order in worship is so that things don't go off the rails, that things don't go away to different ideas. Because when things go off the rails normally, it usually isn't pointing to Christ. It's usually pointing to other minutiae of details. And so we want to be focusing on who Christ is and what he has done. And that's the same for our life, right? To take this to more of a devotional point, right? We want our lives to be in good order. Why? Because we want it to be able to live to the glory of God. If we're running around with um, flying by the seat of our pants, it's difficult for us to live in such a way that we're able to glorify God in the things that we do, to be deliberate about sharing his word, to be deliberate about growing in faith. And so may we remember that God is a God of order. And so may we order our lives, may we order our worship, that he might be glorified and we might grow in faith in all that we do. Let us go to prayer. Merciful God, we praise you as a God of order. We look at the majesty of your creation and you have designed it all to bring glory to yourself. We pray that our desire would not be for the ecstatic or emotional, but instead that we would center ourselves on your revealed word, that we might be faithful witnesses who proclaim Christ and the glory of his work to save a people for himself. Today we lift up our vocations to you. As we begin the week, we pray that you would keep us safe in our coming and going. Bless us with the knowledge that the work that we do is service to you in your world, and may we bring glory to you with the work of our hands. Grant that we would find opportunities in our days to share the good news of Jesus with those around us. And may that proclamation of the good news be used by the Spirit to build up the faith in others. And so we prepare for another day, and we offer it to you. Grant us those opportunities to faithfully share your love and mercy with those that we come into contact with, that Jesus may be glorified. It is in his name that we pray. Amen. All right, I hope you have a good start to the week and a great Monday. Thank you for listening to Dwell in the Word. You can find more information about First Reformed Church at our website, edgertonfrc.org. Dwell in the Word episodes are available weekdays on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can also watch the video versions of these devotions at our Facebook page and YouTube channel.